Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of Mycotoxin Matters. I am Martin Minchin, Marketing Manager for Alltech's Mycotoxin Management Program. On today's episode, we're delighted to be joined by Josh Tucker and Dr. Wilmer Pacheco. And over the next 15 minutes or so, we'll be discussing some of the dominant themes that appeared at Alltech's recent 2022 Feed Mill Workshop. Josh currently leads the Feed Mill Program as part of Alltech's Mycotoxin Management Team, while Dr. Pacheco is an Extension Specialist and Assistant Professor in the Department of Poultry Science at Auburn University. Josh Wilmer, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks thank for having me. Thank you, Martin. Josh, let's begin with you. Um, sure. You've been behind the, the establishment of, of this workshop in the past few years. So maybe you could give us a, a short background to the program, uh, why you established it, maybe what is the typical profile of the attendees and who do you partner with to deliver the, the female workshop? Yeah, uh, thanks, Martin. Uh, well, first of all, if we, we've kind of partnered with Auburn University um, since 2019 on, on the workshop, uh, as well as um, a lot of other uh, brands like California Pellet Mill. Um, we usually have someone from Kansas State come and join the, the event as well. Um, but we started it back in May of 2019 as an in-person uh, training event, and it was a huge success back then. Uh, we did it at the Auburn Feed Mill facility, and we really brought a bunch of people in from all over uh, the world. Um, and the 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 general uh, consensus of the event was we need to have this again. So we had it all planned for 2020 again, and we ended up having to cancel due to uh, COVID issues. And then in 2021, uh, COVID was still prevalent. And so we ended up having the program virtually in 2021. Um, and honestly, the response that year was, was amazing just because we could reach um, so many more people. Um, that year, we had over a thousand participants. Um, and we also just could reach a wider audience uh, throughout the um, throughout the world, whether that be people that couldn't come over uh, to the United States for for a two day event. Um, and then obviously in 2022, we, we ended up keeping that virtual platform um, just because of the um, availability that it allows our our customers. Um, and really, the, the reason we we developed the program is to give our customers something that uh, they could value beyond, you know, just a mycotoxin binder or whatever other uh, products you are you're you're purchasing off of um, Alltech. Um, it's something that will give them the the knowledge on everyday mill topics that uh, most mill employees uh, have to deal with each time they they come to work um, at the feed mill. Whether that be how to set up a you know a new quality program or run a pellet mill or how to manage their energy at the the feed mill, uh, we really try to have a complete picture. Uh, for the attendees to to learn uh, at, at the workshop. Um, as far as your your final question there, Martin, uh, uh, you know type of uh, attendees we kind of target. I recommend companies send their kind of their hands-on employees to this event. Um, although the topics at the the female workshop are beneficial for every for everyone, um, it's kind of set up for people like the the mill managers, the the maintenance managers, maybe some quality people. Those type of topics are what we dig into um, and uh, that, that are really beneficial for those type of mill employees. Thanks, Josh. 
Um, over to you, Wilmer. Um, you and your team at Auburn University have been an important partner on the workshop uh, since it was first hosted back in 2019. Maybe you can just share some information on the Poultry Research Centre at Auburn and what is the remit of the school there? Okay, uh, well, uh, that's a good question, Martin. Uh, and as, uh, as Josh mentioned, I was approached by him in uh, 2019 uh, to organize this, uh, to help to organize this feed milling uh, training. And uh, this is uh, typically done prior to the uh, Outtake Conference in uh, Lexington. And since 2019, uh, we have been doing this uh, workshop either uh, in person the first year and, uh, and virtually. And uh, just to give you an idea about Auburn University, Auburn is a land-grant university uh, located in the state of Alabama. Um, it is located about one hour and a half from uh, Atlanta Airport, which uh, makes uh, you know easy for participants uh, from around the globe to to come and participate in these trainings. And uh, the Department of Poultry Science is part of the College of Agriculture, and it is one of uh, six uh, independent uh, departments of poultry science in the United States. Uh, so. Uh, we have an independent department because the uh, poultry uh, production in Alabama is, is very important. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, we process uh, around 23 million broilers each week, and the poultry industry in Alabama employs more than uh, 86,000 um, workers. So uh, with the support of the poultry industry and uh, with the support of the College of Agriculture, uh, we built a feed mill in uh, 2012 and then uh, this feed mill has you know like the equipment that we have um, you know in commercial feed mills so we have hammer mills uh, we have roller mills uh, we have a counterpoise mixer that um, is able to mix a batch of feed in a in less than a, the four minutes uh, we have coolers uh, crumblers and also we have a post pellet a liquid application systems uh, which allows us to, to test, you know, liquid ingredients. Like uh, if you have an enzyme that uh, you can know uh, add in the mixer because it's not stable, that can be added uh, post pellets. And um, in the same center, we also have uh, broilers, uh, broiler houses. Uh, we have a hatchery. And uh, we, about two years ago, we opened um, a processing plant uh, where we can uh, process up to 36 birds per minute. So the center allows us to, you know, kind of have that farm to fork approach. We can, uh, you know, produce the feed, grow the broilers, and then process the broilers. And um, in the in the center, we also have an administrative building that uh, we use for uh, uh, to train students and uh, people from the industry. Thanks, Omar. Sounds very, very impressive. And I think um, I'd encourage anyone to go online and take a look at it as well. There's some great information there around the research center and some of the activities that they they get up to. Um, Wilmer, Josh spoke briefly, I guess, about the objectives of the program and why he set it up initially. Why do you feel education is so important within the feed feed mill industry? And as a team, how do you try to fulfill that mission? Okay, yeah, that's that's a really good question. Uh, well, you know, like uh, we need to. We need to remember that our uh, feed cost uh, represents between 60 to 70 percent of the uh, total um, cost in animal production, and the major costs are going to be uh, ingredients. However, uh, processing can also uh, represent a significant uh, cost. So, just to give you an idea, if you have a feed mill that processes um, 
10,000 tons of feed per week, and uh, let's say an average cost is $400, then you know through that feed mill, just in ingredients are going $4 million per week. And uh, that's just like what I would call like, um, you know, a small feed mill these days, because now we have feed mills that can process up to 25,000 tons uh, per week. So I think that's important. So if, uh, if we um, uh, process the, the feed properly, then uh, we are going to have a better uh, performance on the field. So I know that uh, our team has a big responsibility because we are one of the few groups uh, in the world that can do, you know, research in uh, feed milling and nutrition. Uh, so basically what we do is like we conduct a lot of um, apply uh, research and uh, then the goal is always to publish uh, the results of that research so the, the industry can take, you know, uh, that hopefully that research can help uh, the, the industry. Also uh, with uh, Dr. Charles Stark and uh, with Dr. Adam Farenholz, uh, we have been writing um, a magazine articles in a feedstuff uh, since uh, 2015. And the idea is always, you know, I use, you know, the Feedstuff magazine as a platform to to educate uh, the, the 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 feed industry in the in the United States and you know in other regions of uh, around the uh, the globe. Uh, and the other way that we use of education is, um, you know, as we do with Alltech, we organize, you know, feed milling workshops. Uh, indeed, we are gonna organize one uh, on uh, September 28 and 29. And uh, the, the nice thing about these workshops is that uh, we have, you know, a theoretical part, you know, in the classroom, and then we have the hands-on activities uh, where the participants can apply all the concepts that they learned um, in the classroom. So we typically open all the equipment and then uh, the, the, the participants can see, you know, how that equipment is working inside. Wilmer, you mentioned there within uh, within that point around the actual cost of, of ingredients that are going into poultry diets. Due to price and availability right now, poultry producers across the world are growing through a pretty rough patch. How is the industry reacting to this from an animal nutrition perspective? Well, you know, like, uh, you, I think, uh, you know, one of uh, the, 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 the poultry industry, um, I feel like each segment of the poultry industry is always to uh, is striving to be better. So um, we know, like for example, the genetic companies are always trying to find, you know, uh, they they are always doing our uh, genetic improvements uh, to uh, improve our uh, feed conversion and um, also improve our uh, livability, better uh, body conformation, and better hatchability. So. You know, just from the genetic point of view, uh, we know that broilers now are more efficient in converting a uh, feed into meat and eggs. And uh, this has helped to uh, increase the sustainability of the industry. Then uh, from a nutritional perspective, I feel like uh, we have a better understanding of the nutritional composition of feed ingredients. And uh, this allows to formulate the diets more precisely. Also, you know, most of the people are using the ideal uh, crude protein concept, which allows the, the industry to, um, to, ma to meet those amino acid requirements uh, of the birds and also uh, reduce a uh, nutrient excretion. And uh, from, from, you know, from the light industry part, 
I, I, what I see is that, you know, like companies are bringing in signs that are more concentrated, that they are more heat stable. And uh, this helps uh, birds to digest uh, the nutrients better. So, uh, you know, like this, uh, like uh, you, you work with Altec, you know, and, uh, you know, Altec has uh, several products that are used to uh, reduce the negative effect of uh, mycotoxins. You also have products that help to uh, improve our gut health. So, uh, you know, poultry nutritionists are using these products to improve performance and feed efficiency. In addition um, to improvements in digestibility, uh, those improvements in gut health also uh, help to reduce uh, contaminations in processing plants. And this allows uh, us as an industry to to uh, provide safer products to the to the final consumer. Josh, we'll go back to you, I guess, to to maybe look at some of the 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 key themes that were co- that were coming out of the two days um, of the workshop and how the industry is adapting to to some of these challenges and opportunities. There were certainly a diverse range of topics and speakers um, yeah. across the two day agenda. Yeah, for sure, Martin. I'd I'd love to to give you an overview of all that. So. Um, as you said, there, there was two days uh, for the workshop, and, and the first day we really dug into the nut and bolts uh, of mills. Um, as Wilmer talked uh, about just a little bit ago, we, we talked about pellet quality and, and how to measure uh, pellet quality. We talked about things like how to optimize hammer and roller mills from California pellet, pellet mills presentation. Um, we also talked about some um, automation technologies in, in the mills. We had uh, someone from the the Repeat Corporation on uh, to talk about that. Um, and and the challenges of those topics, the, the challenges of those those topics face is something uh, that is not unknown to the milling industry. Um, and the presentations really go over how uh, to prevent having to adapt to to issues in the mill by simply keeping up on maintenance and uh, ahead of issues. Uh, instead, instead of uh, trying to tackle issues after the fact, um, we then talked about uh, on the first day food safety issues um, that we are we are we're seeing and how feeding mills can overcome this uh, by being uh, effective and how um, and, and have the knowledge of what is going on around around the world. Um, so that kind of summarized day one. On day two, we really got into a lot of topics like uh, new employee training, um, energy management from Dr. Charles Stark of K-State, um, and, and like more quality issues at the, the feed mill. Specifically, um, we, we talked about retaining new employees, which is super important um, nowadays in, in a feed mill. Uh, lots of turnover going on around around the country, around the world in, in our industry. Um, Paul Grunewagen talked about optimizing proper nutrition. Um, and we had uh, Gary Huddleston from AFIA talking about uh, feed safety programs, specifically FISMA. And then, of course, I talked about mycotoxins uh, in the mills. Um, all these challenges are often uh, new issues at, at the mill. Um, every year, whether it be new regulations, new employees, new mycotoxin issues, um, we we constantly kind of see these types of topics changing. Um, Dr. Stark at uh, K-State talked about how mill employee uh, training um, can help educate new mill uh, employees and, and let them understand how important their job is and, and hopes that they they realize um, what they're doing matters and, and therefore um, they may be more apt to, to, to stay in the feed milling industry. Um, the energy management 
presentation Dr. Stark gave, I think is probably uh, one of the most important uh, topics that, uh, on the, in, in the feed mill um, right now this year with the price of energy uh, seeming to be uh, extremely expensive and not really a, a real good outlook in the in the near future on that. Um, Gary Huddleston of AFIA talked about FISMA uh, specifically in, in his presentation um, and how mills should adapt to that type of, of program and how to implement that program into the mills, um, which uh, FISMA is very specific to uh, you know the U.S. here. But it can be related to any type of quality program you may have at your mill, whether it be your internal quality control or some type of uh, external third-party um, auditing company. Um, I spoke on auditing mills for mycotoxins and how to keep uh, the mills as free from toxins as possible uh, with testing solutions and, and keeping up on cleaning. Um, Paul Grunewagen here at, at Alltech spoke on uh, really a really good presentation from Paul on optimizing animal efficiency through proper nutrition. And that was a really good, um, good one to, to hear from a, a nutrition uh, and a nutritionist that can connect uh, what they are doing to what the the feed mill is doing. So, um, really good information there as well. Um, as far as how mills are adapting to all these challenges, it, it's hard to talk about that in a, you know in a short podcast for each topic. But um, I think if you were attending the two day event or even thinking about attending the two day event, you're probably on the right track and um, are going to be prevalent in the, in the feed industry and keep up with the, the ever-changing uh, milling industry. Josh, um, you did mention your, your presentation on mycotoxin control. Mm -hmm. um, combines are certainly moving and harvest is underway mm -hmm. only a few minutes from the office here in, in the UK and across many regions. Um, would you like to share maybe some key tips on how feed mills and, and grain intake uh, elevators can best prepare for grain intake and storage over the coming months? Yeah, sure, sure, Martin. And you're right. This this year is flying by, um, as every year does. It seems like anymore. Um, uh, harvest is among us here, and uh, you probably just some tips I could throw at you. Make sure your your storage areas are ready to go. Uh, make sure they are clean. Make sure your receiving equipment is ready for the, the increased traffic you're going to see at your um, your storage facilities. Um, it's never a, a good feeling when you're rushing around trying to get things ready for. Um, something that's coming up on you really fast. So try to stay ahead of all that type of maintenance stuff uh, and cleaning procedures. And I think the number one thing we can do as far as mycotoxin control is have a testing program ready to go for this year. Um, as we've seen throughout the last years, mycotoxins, uh, they're going to be prevalent again this year. And having some system like you know, the, the, Neogen Raptor, the Neogen Raptor paired with Altex Rapi-Read will be very helpful a tool to understand the risk coming into your particular mill um, and give you a fast answer to the questions you may have around mycotoxins in your mill. Josh, I assume plans underway to host another female workshop uh, in 2023 again. Um, have you any details you'd like to share on that yet or, or should our listeners just stay tuned? Uh, I would, uh, uh, we have very little details yet other than it will happen again next year. Typically, we'll probably start uh, announcing dates early, uh, early next year. Um, we have talked about, we, we always associate it kind of around the Alltech One conference, and we've talked about doing it at a, a different time uh, of the year. So um, that may be something we do next year, um, but that's all stuff we're going to plan between now and, and early next year. So be looking for the announcements 
uh, for the program again uh, in early um, 2023. Also, though, if you guys are interested in going uh, to a type of workshop, as Dr. Pacheco said earlier, uh, make sure you attend that one in Auburn in September. That would be a good event as well that I've attended um, in past years. Great, Josh Wilmer, we really appreciate you taking time to join us on the podcast today. Um, as we've heard, feed mills play such a crucial role in the feed and food supply chain, and it's great to hear how such programs can empower organizations with the knowledge and tools to run the most successful operations, especially during such turbulent times. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back next month with another episode of Mycotoxin Matters. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.